What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game, often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. And this week, what I'm going to be talking about is um, why I think construction industry professionals and tradespeople should look seriously at entering the property investment and especially the development, land development side of things. And um, I'm going to get into all of that and, and why I believe um, that is it's an important kind of thing that they really should consider. Before I do, I think I'll just quickly mention that this episode is supported by my very own Elite Property Accelerator. And as I've mentioned a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, there is a new investor uh, novice investor course. That course is now live. It was kicking off on the 1st of June. It has now kicked off. So you can go in and you can see it there. So do have a look at that. It's called Foundations. I will put a link below. I also wanted to mention, and this is particularly for the guys in the UK that might be listening in, but I am going to be flying over to the UK to speak at a conference on Friday, the 30th of June. And it's going to be in the Hilton Hotel in Heathrow. I think it's Terminal 4 or thereabouts. And um, it's an event called Building Your Future. And uh, the guy that is running it is a guy called Greg Wilkes. And um, I, I have to thank Greg for the invitation to speak. All expenses paid, all that kind of stuff, which is very, very nice. It's touted as a one-day event for construction business owners uh, to learn basically marketing, branding, and financial mastery. And I'm very proud to say that I'll be speaking alongside Daniel Priestley. And those of you who uh, have listened to my podcast before will know that Daniel has been a guest. And uh, I've got some books that Daniel, behind me there, so that Daniel wrote. And uh, he's, quite a, he's quite the guy. And um, I know him quite well. But uh, really, really sort of proud to be asked to speak on the same stage. So guys in the UK, look out for that, especially those of you in construction who are interested in the kind of transition to property investment. So obviously with that link to the property event, uh, to the building construction event uh, a couple of weeks away, I have been thinking about the, the talking points and the speaking that I'm going to, you know, the speech that I'm going to give at the, that um event. And it got me thinking about this idea that, you know, builders, how can builders cash in on property? And, you know, it's the reason I kind of, it's not just because this event is on that I'm thinking about this. It's also because I've been running my own accelerator for the last, um, you know, year and a half or two years now at this stage. And there's been a number of guys come in and, and done the course and um, they've all come, given some good feedback on it and um, they enjoyed doing it. But one of the things that I noticed uh, was that it was always those guys in construction that were super, super busy, always really, really stretched for time. And they were often the ones that missed the live sessions that I was doing and had to, you know, catch up on the, on the replay. And that busyness 
and I'm not talking business, I'm talking busyness, that is going to be a, you know, what your life is like for the rest of your life, unless you figure out how to make this transition into property. Or if not property, at least some way of generating passive income so that your income does not come exclusively from your, you know, elbow grease or your running around trying to organize things. It's it's like when you have passive income, it gives you options. And that is probably the biggest benefit of it is it's just if you choose not to do something, you still have income. Whereas if you're in a, an industry that requires you to work the long hours that you work just to kind of keep putting bread on the table, then when the, um, you know, if anything happens, like if a recession came along, if the market was to slow down and stuff, that's going to impact you directly and you're not going to have the fallback of the passive income. So if you love what you do and if you're in construction because you absolutely love it, that's brilliant. But I'm talking about, do you actually have a choice in whether you do it or not? And do you have a fallback, like a plan B, in the event something were to go wrong? So in today's talk, I'm going to cover that um, that topic. And I'm going to be going into, we'll say, the close links between property and construction. I'm going to be looking at the, um, the, the role of construction uh, in value creation in property. I'm going to be looking at making a transition from a builder to an investor. And I'm going to be just talking briefly about house building and land development. Now, if we get into, first of all, the close links between the construction industry and the property industry, I mean, it's pretty obvious they're already highly aligned and interrelated. And it's so the reason that I bring this up is because much of what you do as a contractor uh, or a, you know, a builder or a tradesperson or anything, it is already very, very transferable. That knowledge, those skills, they can be transferred to the property industry. And I already have a couple of clients that have done the program that were tradespeople and have transitioned to property very successfully. And I don't think they regret a minute of it because they're doing really well. And the, the health of the two sectors, they do, they're very, very much interlinked as well. And they move together. And so when the housing sector is, or when the, when the property sector is booming, usually the construction sector is booming as well. And certainly the housing sector at the moment is still going well, even though other parts of the economy might not be doing so well. Having said that, you saw back in 2008, there was a massive property crash across the world. And what did it do to the construction industry here in Ireland? It devastated it. It absolutely destroyed it. And the two of them were knocked completely out. Um, but there was people who were able to kind of recover from, they did not have, um, they didn't have exclusively the construction skills to rely on. They had property skills as well, and they were able to take advantage of the low prices. And so they have built themselves back up very, very successfully. Now, having said all that, when I talk about the, the, the two being very, very closely aligned and interlinked and stuff like that, you might be thinking, wait, isn't that a good reason to steer clear of doing something else that is so tied in? And 
that's gonna yes and no okay first of all it all depends on the way that you construct your investment portfolio if you are high risk um massive amount of debt and leverage and stuff like that well then clearly you are um risk tolerant and you'll do very well for a period of time but it could all come crashing down so you've got to be very very careful what you need to make sure that you're doing is not just buying land and accumulating sites that are not income producing it's important to have a kind of a balance of cash flow as well and so that is your passive income portfolio and then you can obviously build a land bank as well um, this is the way it's worked in the past and people you know once they have a land bank they can kind of rely on that but they have to have the passive income to keep the the show on the road rental cash flows can do that and it might even keep you afloat during the downturn but the at the very minimum what a passive income should be able to do and i'm talking about a passive income that is like free and clear of debt or at least that there's enough of a gap that it's not um it's it, you know they're not light uh, they're not cash flow neutral they're actually you need to be cash flow positive and you need to be generating more cash than your outgoings now taking the pressure off i mean that is what it's all about if you have that little bit of income coming in from passive sources from say rental income or whatever that just takes a smidge of the pressure off you'll still obviously have a, a you know a construction business to run um, but you may not have to go and chase those loss-making jobs just to bring turnover in. And that's one of the things that I've seen many times before is guys going after projects simply because they need the turnover. And um, you may just find that that um, ends in tears. And I have seen recently one of the big uh, fit-out contractors here in Ireland just went wallop recently or at least went to the examiner. By the way, I don't know whether you can hear, guys, but there is... There's some concert on in Dublin at the moment, and I can hear it booming outside. Now, I hope you guys aren't overhearing that, but I don't know who's playing in Dublin, but the, the, it's familiar. Anyway, why is it a good, why, why are the skills transferable? Well, you understand the construction process, and so that is something that is absolutely vital in property. If you want to get into property, one of the skills you need to have is how do you in you know improve a house how do you um extend a property how do you how do you um you know the safety um the risk removing walls all of that kind of stuff there is a lot of different uh, skill sets in construction that are immediately transferable into property investment and also one of the things that you're going to be familiar with is because your business is impacted by the property sector you'll already be familiar with the property market and another thing that you're definitely going to be um, in a, have an advantage over is you will probably find that your network of contacts is all in the property sector you're going to know people that know people and it's just going to mean that you can answer certain um you can get answers to questions that might be, you know, bothering you and things like that. Another thing you'll understand is the building regulations and the planning process, all of that stuff. These are skills that you're already familiar with and they are transferable. So you can see there's a lot of common ground. Now, I'm not saying that 
the, the idea here is to leave the construction sector altogether. What I'm saying is that it may be possible to run the two side by side, to actually have your construction business, but also start to look at creating a portfolio of passive rental income as well, or land development so that you actually start to build houses and you become the client rather than serving a client. Um, the idea is to, you know, obviously create passive income, cash flow, but also if you can create those outsized kind of profits that you might find from a development, that would be uh, well worth doing. Prudent investment is obviously the important thing. Debt can be um, very useful when you're growing a business, but it can also be the end of your business if you are too reliant on it and you don't leave yourself any scope for a, a you know, sudden downturn, some sort of an event. But at least you will have options. Now, when it comes to value creation, that's something that I f- feel is really an important skill. And that is something that you have to have as an investor in property. It's I, I hear guys... I get questions a lot from listeners and they're saying, Gavin, I'm looking at a property. What do you think? And they'll send me a photograph or a link to a newspaper website or something like that. And it's just a property. Uh, They don't, you know, they don't, it, it just looks like it's rental income. And that's all that they don't have prospects to kind of extend it or improve it or whatever. And I'm trying to kind of get across that. It's not just the income that's important. It's the ability to extend it or refurbish it or improve the property in some way so that you create this additional value. And what it's often referred to is um, to forced depreciation. And um, forced depreciation means you're not just waiting for the market to rise. You actually are pushing up the value of the property yourself through your own actions. Now, when you go to finance and manage an asset, perhaps those are new skills, but you at least have the skills, the inherent skills to be able to look at improvements, extend the property, add an extra, you know, bedroom at the back or extend the property out to the rear or build into the attic or whatever it might be. If you're starting on the small scale, that kind of stuff works. Obviously, depending on your skill sets, you might actually be able to go much larger than that and start looking at apartment development or housing schemes or whatever but just you've got to add value that is one of the important things about this game um, because when you add the value it means that you can extract that little bit from the bank the next time you go to refinance and obviously you can recycle that and it goes in and it becomes um, you know self-fulfilling you actually use the profit from the last job to finance the next job and you eventually have a couple of jobs running side by side but almost always construction is involved. And because of that, the skills are absolutely interchangeable. Now, I have noticed a couple of the guys from the construction sector that have actually done my course. Um, they've actually started out, I've, I've dissuaded them against this a few times, but they started out feeling that they are at a great disadvantage to somebody who is coming from, say, a legal background or a financial background or Um, some sort of a professional background and they think that because they don't have that professional background that they're at a disadvantage and I sort of say guys it's the complete opposite it's you know that is a self-limiting belief and a lot of people have these self-limiting beliefs 
just because you don't know the financial stuff does not mean that your existing knowledge and skill set are not highly, highly valued. And so construction skills are absolutely critical in this business. And most of the finance and legal guys that I'm talking to, they all wish they knew the construction side. That is the area that they feel they have a massive weakness in. And so the obvious thing to do here, and I say this to the guys in the course, is perhaps it's you know an opportunity there for you guys to partner up because you've got one with the construction skills and the other with the legal or the financial skills. It looks, sounds like a pretty potent mix to me. Um, at the end of the day, construction skills like financial skills like legal skills like it is a superpower when you're super confident around your subject matter Um, and don't forget that because a lot of people they forget that they have these skills and they look at what they don't have and all you need to do is up level your skills around some you know there's a couple of things around the property investment side that you have to learn but it's not rocket science and the financial stuff is not rocket science. Portfolio management, it's not rocket science. This stuff can be taught. It can be learned. Um, and what you can do, if you're, you know, if, if it's not for you, then you just go out and you hire somebody. I mean, the way people do it in the same way on a construction site, you, would, you might hire in a quantity surveyor to do, you know, look after the financials and things like that on site deliveries and whatever. It's the same thing. It's essentially the same thing. You're just hiring in somebody who has those legal or financial skills that you're missing. And nobody is suggesting that you go out and learn law so that you can act for yourself as a solicitor. It's the same thing. Now, making the transition from a builder to an investor, what does that take? And like, why should you do it? And what, you know, what would be the motivation behind doing it in the first instance? Well, I would have thought financial security is probably the greatest motivation and just having that income diversification um, if you work all day running around lifting and you know like the guys on construction sites i'm on a construction site every couple of days i can see the amount of work that's involved and uh, and i have a great deal of respect for it when i see it though i kind of think at what age do you you know, have to kind of take a back seat because you can't continue to do that kind of thing into your, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s or whatever. And there might be the exception out there, but generally speaking, you want to make sure that you've created a nice nest egg for yourself long, long before that. And how are you going to do that? Long-term wealth accumulation. And that doesn't have, you don't have to be rich, but I do hear the guys that I'm speaking to on the course most of the people from a trades background, they are interested in um, figuring out how to kind of have a retirement plan. And that is usually to have a couple of houses bought and paid for. And when you actually have that, that gives you freedom of time and freedom of money, which gives you the options I've been talking about. It's important to leverage your construction skills. And one of the things that I do in my course is I, ha- I have a thing called the MENT exercise. And the MENT exercise really analyzes your resources um, that you have at your disposal for, to leverage. And some people have a scarcity of certain resources. Some people have an abundance. But everybody has something. And so it's about identifying what those are. 
And financial guys will obviously leverage their financial skills, but construction people can leverage those construction skills. And it's never a lack of resources that is the problem. Almost always it's a lack of resourcefulness. It's just that you're not being creative. You're not thinking outside the box and there is ways to kind of um, figure it out. So what construction skills are transferable? Let's just have a list of a couple here. Project management for one. Running a construction project uh, is hands-on, a lot of project management skills there. And those are absolutely transferable into the property investment side and development in particular. Time management, managing a project over a two-year period, like that's what we're talking about in development and it's important to you know to leverage those skills those are very valuable skills negotiation buying materials getting stuff delivered timetables programming all that all of those are critical skills problem solving you know how to get around an issue um, budgeting cost control all of this stuff is absolutely valuable and highly transferable to the property industry so you actually have a head start because of all that. Now, having said all that, it is important to acknowledge that new skills must be acquired. And so things like investment strategy, risk management, um, understanding how to mitigate risks around property and things like that, the financial analysis side and how to value a property. Those are obviously things, but they're, it's not rocket science. It can be taught, and, and, and I do that in my course. Um, if you're interested, obviously, you can go and check the links below if any of this resonates. Now, house building and land development. At the moment, here in Ireland at least, we have an absolutely acute you know, housing crisis. There is so much demand and so little supply. It is absolutely at crisis levels. I got contacted by my tenant. in. I have a, a guy living in one of my properties in Spain. And he contacted me and said his son is coming to university in Ireland for a couple of months and can I help him find a place to stay? And I felt like, God, this is gonna be impossible. And um, it, uh, I mean, I just, I just know that this guy is gonna struggle to find a place to live for, you know, four, six months, whatever it is. Um, there's no more land being made. I mean, that's an old saying, and uh, it, it sounds a bit kind of cheesy when I say it now, but the reality is, is that housing, the housing crisis, the, the situation with the demand and the supply imbalance at the moment, housing is going to be in demand in this country for decades to come. Now, yes, there is an affordability issue at the moment. Yes, interest rates have crept up and it's made it more difficult. But that doesn't remove the massive demand that is there. And so housing is going to be needed for decades. And that being the case, if you have those skills and you're able to actually deliver housing, isn't that something that you could actually go and start looking at right away? Now, the process of land development, it is complicated and it is risky. Yes. And I don't advise my, the new guys, the clients that have just joined my novice investment stuff, they're asking about development, stuff like that. I say, no, I'm not talking about it because it is too complex and too risky for people at a novice starting out. Um, however, 
contractors, experienced contractors that are already running sites and things like that, they're already managing risks on a day-to-day basis. Project management, time management, deliveries, all that stuff that we talked about, those skills are transferable and that can be used to actually manage a development project very effectively. And so I do, I, I'm of the view that somebody who's coming from a construction background would not be as overwhelmed as somebody who would be, say, a, a novice investor. Provided you have a good bunch of, inve- of advisors around you. So real estate advisor, important. Um, financial person that can do you know, projections, all that kind of stuff, important. Good design team that you can get your planning, you can get your uh, you know, architecture, engineering, all of that stuff has got to be done in a cost-effective way. That's all something that you can obviously manage. But most of the risks in property can be managed and mitigated in some way. You can pre-sell stuff. Um, those That has become a little bit more difficult now with the funds sort of removing themselves from the market. But you still have a lot of people out there demanding property. And so I do think that there is, when the, where there's a will, there's a way. Analysis of risk versus reward. What you're looking to create here is an asymmetric risk profile. What I mean by that is there should be the potential for a great big win, but not the same level of potential for a massive fail. So it's not, I don't like binary outcome deals where if it goes well, you're a winner. If it goes wrong, if it goes badly, you've lost everything. What you want is that there may be some downside that can't be avoided, but the upside massively outweighs the potential downside. So am I suggesting everyone who's listening, who's in construction, piles into property right away? No, but I am saying you should definitely consider it and at least start to think about your future from the point of view of financial stability and having that kind of the fallback of passive income. If you're making great money in construction, then long may it last and don't pull out of it. But wouldn't it be great to channel some of that into passive income so that you actually have this fallback in the event that you decide to change your mind in the future or whatever? As I mentioned, so many of the skills are transferable it, and, and the industries are so interlinked. Doesn't it make sense to actually build that safety net for yourself? Like if the construction industry were to suffer a massive crash in the morning, um, then what are you going to do? you're better off having at least the passive income there that'll give you options for a period of time. And uh, working into your retirement years when you're on a construction site, that is not really a plan. And, uh, and then again, you could have a health issue between now and then that could put you off in the same way athletes, you know, guys that work in the, you know, footballers and things like that, if they, they have these great careers ahead of them and then suddenly break a leg or do something like that, that's it, game over. Your career is at an end. Now they got to go and figure out how to make money some other way. Anyways, I hope you found this week's episode useful, thought-provoking. Do check out the links below if you have any interest in some of the stuff that I teach and connect with me if you have any questions at all. And I will see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group. 
that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the Join My Tribe thing over on the right-hand side. This will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter. All of these links are in the show notes below. That's all for now. I will see you guys in the next episode.